Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy for Me and I'm going to try and be more to the point this week. I'm going to try and do a sub 20 minute episode, not because there's any real reason to do it creatively or artistically or anything like that. It's just that the episodes have been ranting on a little bit and I want to see if I can get to the point. Now that doesn't mean I'm not going to rant. In fact, there's going to be quite a lot of rant in this week, and you'd expect that, thinking about the week that we've had, and possibly even a little bit of gloating as well. Um, But I'm going to see if I can be just a little bit more succinct. So uh, wish me luck, here goes, and let's have a bit of that twangy guitar. So last night we had the spectacle of the PM doing a broadcast to the nation, which of course means that Keir Starmer will be able to do a broadcast to the nation tonight because effectively last night was a party political. It wasn't because it was a statement to the nation about public health, but because of the way it was delivered and because more crucially he wasn't taking any questions, and of course you can totally understand why at the moment, then effectively it it means it essentially was a party political. And it was a it was a desperate attempt um for him to look prime ministerial. Now that doesn't mean that there wasn't something in the message. And the message last night was get boosted. Get boosted, get boosted, get boosted, get boosted, get boosted. We're pulling it forward, get boosted. And that's fine. Because I get the argument. Um, we don't yet know what uh, Omicron's going to be in terms of severity. The one thing we do know is that if we start getting 150,000 cases a day, 200,000 cases a day, then there's a very good chance the NHS will be overwhelmed, not because more people are suffering, but if 25% or 30% of people um, who, you know, we're getting to the point where they need hospitalisation, then we are going to overwhelm the NHS. And it won't be that number. But the point being, a small percentage of a big number is a problem. Um, and I get that. And I absolutely get that. But it was just it was just the attempt at regaining authority that was just so transparent. And the thing is, we know the playbook now. So um, we're just looking and waiting for these things because we know what he's going to do next. What he can't stand is, or what he, he, well, he can't stand up to scrutiny. That's the point. So we can't do this with questions in the room. A, because the questions in the room will go to all the topics uh, and the fact that the actions of him and his government are undermining the public's uh, trust in the message that's being delivered. Um, and B, because he desperately needs to regain that authority. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, if it was a message to try and do something about the votes tomorrow, um, because obviously we've got the votes tomorrow on the next measures that the government wanted to bring in place, if it was an attempt to influence that, I don't think it worked. We'll find out tomorrow, but I don't think it worked. So um, let's see how it how it plays out. But as always happens, and completely apropos of nothing... I realised today that Thea Gilmore has put out um, a single. She's put out a single. Um, Thea, Thea Gilmore's really important to me this time of year because the album Strange Communion, which I think is fantastic and is my Christmas stroke winter listening, 
so I always think of Thea Gilmer at this point in time because I'm listening to Strange Communion all the time. And I'll put a link to Strange Communion on the um, the notes. But if you've not heard that album, do yourself a favour and listen to Strange Communion. And when it's finished, listen to it again. Um, but she's put out um, Bad Moon Rising, the um, Creedence Clearwater Revival track. Uh, and it's it was recorded back in 2004. It's a really nice arrangement. Um, and... I didn't realise how much the lyrics encapsulate where we are. Um, listen to the lyrics to that. It's a very canny piece of uh, very canny piece of um, you know decision making by Thea and her team to put that out. Might just be Thea. Don't know. She might not have a team um, because it really, really chimes. And I'm afraid what we saw last night, as far as I'm concerned, it ain't gonna cut it. <laughs> Okay, I touched yesterday on the fact that there was a, an issue for the government coming, which is um, the measures that were announced last week, which is being called Plan B, um, those measures need to be voted through um, the House. And there was the beginnings of a backbench rebellion. There's a lot of people don't think that the data is there to support uh, what's What's happening and the and the changes that it's this is particularly around the vaccine passport and it's and it's around the fact that to a certain extent without any support um, a lot of the hospital uh, hospitality businesses are being thrown somewhat to the wall um, and of course people are saying there's just no, nothing to justify these things and you've got you've got your COVID research group um, which is basically your you know your eurosceptic wing of the party now choosing this as their particular hill that they want to they want to fight on um so that's been brewing for a little while there's been talk of this uh, from the sort of middle to back end of last week when he started to announce there'd be more measures coming um and we had the debate and we had the votes tonight and they split the votes up so instead of putting it through as one bill they put it through as four bills i believe um, with a view that if one of them took a hammering, the others would go through uh, more easily, whereas if it had been a single bill, then there was a chance it would have been a really big rebellion. Um, now, obviously, Labour voted in favour and had said they would vote in favour because it's a matter of public health, um, which to a certain extent gave the Tory backbenchers a free hit. But what's been really interesting was that broad coalition of people that aren't happy with our current Prime Minister because 98 Tories rebelled. Um, and it doesn't take a genius to work out that with an 80-seat majority, 41 is all you need if every one of the opposition parties votes against to stop the government transacting its business. So, in essence, the government wouldn't have been able to transact its business if Labour hadn't chosen to vote with or to have abstained. Um, and that's a big deal. That was a big deal. That's a big clout that the Prime Minister's been given um, today, because at the end of the day, an 80 seat majority is no use if you can't get your your business through. So it was a desperate attempt to look prime ministerial last night. 
not convinced it it went through. I think he managed to scare a lot of people. Certainly, looking at figures today about how many people tried to book their um, their boosters, he's he's got some action. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But at the end of the day, we are we're ha- he's having to scare people to get them to do the things the right thing, which is to get your your boosters done, because he's undermined his own messaging so much that it's very difficult for the public to trust him when he says something. So, um, bad day, bad day for the Tories today. That's a big, big number. It's a bad day for Boris Johnson uh, today. It's going to be interesting to see what happens next. But when they start to turn on their own, there's only one real way this this ends. Wednesday. I got pinged today. Um, I'd, I'd completely forgotten that being pinged was a thing. I know we've heard a lot about um, if you come into contact with somebody with Omicron, then you've got to self-isolate for 10 days. So that was becoming a thing. But I'd kind of forgotten the whole ping thing. And I'd forgotten I'd even got it switched on. And I, I was I was literally 7 o'clock this evening, and this message came up. You've been in close contact with some, or you've been in contact with somebody who's tested positive for COVID. Now... As it happened, I I filled in the details it asked, and it said that I didn't need to self-isolate. So clearly it was a fairly spurious kind of contact, and it it asked me about a date a while ago. So it asked me if I'd been vaccinated, double vaccinated by a date in November, which clearly would suggest that, you know, a couple of weeks after that date would have been, uh, you know, maximum efficacy. Now, as it was, I've been triple vaccinated at that point. So I probably would have been, you know, would have been as safe as I could have been. And the fact that obviously with with a little amount of information transfer, it said, no, you, you're fine. You don't have to self-isolate. Then that was that was obviously a relief. Um, not that I was particularly going anywhere, but it just meant that, you know, we would have been getting close to the Christmas point as well. So that would have made, um, that would have uh, become a problem. But kind of almost forgot the whole pandemic side of it. And of course, we are at the point now where it would actually drastically impact on your Christmas. Now, we haven't got an enormous amount planned, but even so, not convinced I want to spend Christmas on my own in a room. I mean, for a few hours, I could take it. In fact, for a few hours, I'd take it now. But long term, you know, and over that those particular few days, it, it would be a fairly rotten way to spend your, you know, your 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 Christmas. So, uh, so just just if you haven't, or if like me, you'd forgotten it was a thing, then it is a thing. It is a thing. Whether that means you turn Bluetooth off on your phone, I don't know. It's pretty much a. I don't know whether that's right or wrong. Um, bearing in mind, you you know, I suppose the argument is that if you get ill, you get ill, and that's the that's the thing that drives your behaviour, and everything else is is preventative. With 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 the speed that that Omicron appears to be, you know, ramping up to in London, it, it's probably a moot point as well. But it was just it's the first, it's actually the first time it's happened to me. So I just kind of thought, oh, that's a new thing that's never happened before, and it happened today. <laughs> Okay, so I mentioned yesterday that I was pinged for the first time, having never been pinged um, before. And something else happened for the first time. I suppose every day something happens for the first time, but something happened for the first time today. I'd accepted a, uh, a meeting request, a virtual meeting request, uh, just accepted it, dropped it in the diary, didn't give it any more thought, went to join the meeting today, and it was Google Meets. And it's the first time through the entire 
you know, 18 months plus of of this kind of virtual working that I've done a meeting on Google Meets. So uh, I don't like it. I didn't think the platform was up to much at all. I thought it was a bit glitchy, and I wasn't I wasn't overly impressed. And I still think Zoom is the best of the lot. And I, you know, it's not exactly a very exciting topic for a podcast to talk about. Which is your favourite virtual meeting space? But it was just I, I, I'm trying to work out why it's taken so long now. Um, the people I was meeting, I was meeting a lot of them are based in Berlin. So whether it's something that's just used more in Germany, whether Zoom's not taken hold as much or Teams hasn't taken hold as much, I don't know. Um, but I've never even heard Google Meets mentioned. Google Docs is occasionally used, and that's talked about a bit. But Google Meets, I've not heard being being mentioned uh, at all. Um, I was also meeting with a new group of people. I knew one of the people on the call, but I didn't know another four people on the call. And it was the best behaved call I've been on. Um, in terms of everybody raised their hands when they wanted to talk, it was really, really polite. Um, and I don't know if that it was a culture thing that, again, was of... I mean, everybody in the call was... Uh, the, the, no, there was nobody on the call who was um, German by birth. Um so they just happened to be living and working uh, in and around Berlin, a lot of them. Um, but it was really, really well behaved. Um, and it led to the other bit of the conversation, which then became a thing. And, uh, and it's funny because I'm doing it now. But um, I, had to, I, I, I joined this call wearing a scarf. So I tend to, with, with, I know I've mentioned this in the past, I tend to, I like a scarf. And when we get to this time of year, I'll often wear a scarf in the house. So I'll have a sweatshirt or a jumper on and I'll have a scarf on as well. Um, and it's a bit like a comfort blanket thing, I think. Um, and I, 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 you know, I don't think it looks a bit cool, but I think it's a bit of a comfort blanket thing. So I then had to say, what's the protocol protocol for scarf wearing in a virtual meeting? Um, because I don't, I don't know if it's a dumb thing or not. I mean, I, I did it. Um, you know, I know through the, the summer everybody wears shorts in meetings and you don't worry about things like that because you're only seeing the top of a body but scarves front and centre on camera so I did have to inquire I was given a pass everybody was quite happy with with the scarf wearing but yeah so Google Meets and scarf wearing uh, were, the new, were the new things for today Friday 14 minutes and 3 seconds has been recorded so far and we're on to the final section for Friday. So it looks like I could very well get under 20 minutes. However, we've got a biggie. We've got a biggie because we've got the North Shropshire by-election. And this is the seat of Owen Paterson, who was the MP um, who was embroiled in the Sleaze scandal and uh, was found guilty of effectively paid lobbying and has obviously since resigned and hence the reason why it forced a, a by-election. But for a lot of people, it was being seen as a uh, a litmus test on the on on what's going on in the the Johnson government, what's going on in Number Ten, um, and what was a rock solid, safe, conservative seat um, with a twenty odd thousand seat majority has gone to the Lib Dems, um, and it's an incredible, it's a seismic political turnaround. Um, now. Where does it 
where does it leave us? Is this the end of Boris Johnson? Well, I think that's that's interesting. I think it's interesting to see how that's going to play out. But I think what it absolutely says is that his time is finite. Whether that means he'll fight the next election or not, I don't know. But if you have a situation in the, in the same... Well, let's face it, he's had a torrid time for months now. In fact, he's had a relatively torrid time since Cummings left. Um, he just doesn't seem to be able to pull the operation together. But then, of course, the, the reason why the operation can't be pulled together is that he's ultimately the problem. He's ultimately the problem. The problem is with him. Um, you know, you, you can blame deficiencies all you like on staff and this, that and the other. But in reality... Um, the problem is him because it wasn't plain sailing when Cummings was involved but Cummings was strong enough to actually do something about it and nobody else is being given that kind of opportunity or has got that kind of that kind of now or that kind of strength so it's clearly it's clearly a problem um, what was stark um, was um, the MP for North Thanet and I can't remember his name uh, was on Radio 4 this morning, and he basically said two strikes this week. Strike one um, was the rebellion in the votes on Tuesday, and strike two was the by-election defeat, you know, today. Uh, three strikes and he's out. Now, that's a senior member of the Tory party. That's a long-standing MP basically, basically saying, look, if you want to get rid, now's the time. Um, because there will be a third strike. There's no there's no doubt. He won't be able to turn this around because this isn't a bad period that he can regain and go back to, you know, the fact that he was competent for six or 12 months beforehand. He's not been competent. That's the point. There isn't a competency to get back to. Um an 80-seat majority pushed a load of bad Brexit legislation through the Commons. We ended up with a bad, bad, bad Brexit deal. And we know that because the party is trying to either reject it or row back on the deal they 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 you know they negotiated. Because honestly, they thought they could get away with it. This is this is a this is a an administration that honestly thinks it can work on water and as we know doesn't think the rules apply. So it, by the virtue of 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 the mandate from the election and the majority, what they've done is just be woeful, just literally be a woeful government. And even with the enormous amount of of latitude he's been given over the handling of the pandemic, this is a dysfunctional administration and always has been because he is not a competent politician and he's not a competent leader and he's not a competent human being so it's it's really the edge i mean i mean, I mean you know it is it is what did what did hugh grant tweeted today it's this is not the you know the end and it's not even the beginning of the end but it could be the end of the beginning i think it's further on than that I think I think people will start to circle. I think letters will start to go in. And because he has no political base, because he's never actually built support, because his sense of exceptionalism means he doesn't feel he has to, I wonder, unlike with, unlike with Theresa May, if this went to a vote of confidence, 
I think he would be dented by enough that would mean that he would have to stand down. Because he he loses 150 votes in a vote of no confidence. He's gone. Well, 1998 people voted against him this week. If we get to that point, he's a, he's a goner. Uh, and even if we do get to the point of vote of no confidence, how long does that actually give him? Um... I'm going to stop there because I could rant for ages, but I'm going to stop there for no other reason than I want to do this under 20 minutes just to see if I can. So I want to wish you a great a great weekend. For those who are coming to see Steve Hogarth at the live stream in Oxford, I'm looking forward to seeing you. Probably the last thing I will do before Christmas in a public space. Um, and that should be a, a bit of a giggle. And I've now just gone over 20 minutes, so I can't help myself. Um, and if you are not coming or you are coming remember questions you've still got time to bring a question with you uh, to get it involved in the the shenanigans that are going on in the night and if you want to uh, email me a question or message me a question which you can do on uh, the patreon platform then do so even if you're not going to be there if you're just watching the live stream so a little bit of a reminder for that and i must say thank you to adam um adam sent me a book um why Dogs Chase Cars, uh, Tales of a Beleaguered Boyhood, which I'm really looking forward to reading. So thank you very much, Adam. That's come all its way from uh, from the US, which of course also starts me on this whole thing about why American books are different shapes and sizes to UK books, but we'll leave that one alone. That could be for another day. So thanks, Adam, for that. And congratulations as well, because I believe you got pulled out of a draw, which means you get Marillion tickets for life uh, as part of the life savers thing. So congratulations on that. And with that... I will, of course, one of the reasons why I might have got through this quicker is I've spoken quicker. I wonder if you slowed it down to what my normal tempo would be, whether it just sits at the same time they always would be. I don't know, possibly. Anyway, have a good week. Um, Take care, um, and I will speak to you all next time. If you've enjoyed Therapy For Me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.